Hey everybody, it's Corey Mosley and this is the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast, strategy, testimony, and real talk for all things entrepreneurship. And it starts right now. Hello, 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 and welcome to a special edition of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Mosley, and I'm joined today. Uh, I've, I've convened a special panel, and this is kind of, you know, you have to be living under a rock. Everybody is, has been impacted, and I can't imagine um, something more on a global scale where, where more people have been impacted than the current state of affairs um, with COVID-19 and coronavirus. Um, you know, this just isn't one of those things where you say, hey, you know, this isn't happening to me or I don't know anybody or this isn't happening where I'm at. Um, we're globally affected by this. So I thought it was very timely to convene what I consider to be the health and wealth uh, panel that I have here today, a series of experts that are going to come on and I think address some things that need to be talked about collectively. Now, Everybody's inundated with information, the news, you're getting emails, everybody you do business with is sending you stuff. So I wanted to take a little different approach with our podcast today um, and not simply just have one expert on that is, you know, talking about a particular topic. But I wanted to take an approach today of how we can potentially look at this from all angles, from the mental health, from the physical health, and also from our financial health. Because there's no secret also what's happening in our economy and the global economy, really. So I know we have guests that tune in from all over the world now and everyone is being affected. So I've got a great panel um, that I've convened here that I've asked to come together and really share some information that um, I think will be very timely and very valuable. I'm joined today uh, by three uh, phenomenal guests, and actually all of them have done whether my podcast or my previous radio show. They've all uh, participated before, so I was happy that they were able to come in when I called them to join us today. And my guests today... Covering the area of wealth is Tyrone Ross. He is a financial consultant uh, and founder of 401. He has lectured at companies like Etsy, um, Uber, and and several of the New York companies there. And it's just going to be a wealth of knowledge in terms of uh, what are some things we need to be doing with our money, some considerations, some things to think about. I'm also joined by Dr. Lorraine Maida, who is president and medical director of Vibrance for Life and HowToLiveYounger.com. She has been really active through this COVID-19. I've been watching some of her reports and tracking information. So it's going to be super valuable uh, to have an expert who deals in longevity because Lord knows we need to be having that conversation now. And my final guest is Michael Risk, uh, mind, body, and spirit coach. He's the owner of Condition for Life, and he inspires people to show up for themselves. And, you know, right now, mental health is a huge thing. So I want to thank all three of you for joining us today. Thank, thank you, you for having us. So nice I want to get – yeah, absolutely. So I want to get started. Dr. Maida, I want to go to you first. I, I want to talk about the physical aspects of this here because there's such a great range of conversation that people are having when – you know, the information changes so rapidly. First, we were talking about age groups and who was most susceptible to this. And, uh, you know, the thing that I'm finding, you know, and, and I, I want to get your take on this. The thing that I'm finding is particular to the idea that 
internal health um, is having such a big impact here, meaning that, you know, we have people externally that may appear thin, that may appear healthy by other means. They work out, they do these things, but the internal aspects of, of blood work and, 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 you know, things like vitamin D and these different levels, I, I wanted you to provide some clarity on just the idea of, immunity and where people, you know, what people should be concerned with and where they kind of kind of are in this whole, you know, COVID-19 situation? Sure, that's a very good question, Corey, because some basic fundamentals apply regardless of any type of infection or disease. Eat healthy, nutritious food, manage your stress, get enough sleep, get some movement, manage your mindset. Um, yeah, there's a lot of controversy about what supplements are good or what uh, what's not good. But there, again, there are some very, very basic things that have panned out throughout history, throughout any epidemic or pandemic, having adequate vitamin D levels, adequate vitamin A levels, getting, you know, a, getting all of the phytonutrients from fruits and vegetables, and yes, there, nothing is proven against COVID-19. There is no absolute, this works, we know it works, because it's happening so fast that we don't, we're, we're not sure. But things, there are a lot of things that people can do besides just wash your hands, keep your distance, don't touch your face, and clean everything. It's, it's really how you manage your life and how you manage your lifestyle. That's what the biggest determinant is. And like you said, then people, it may not, they, they look healthy, but maybe they have high blood sugar. Maybe they have high blood pressure. Maybe they have a heart rhythm disturbance or heart disease. So those hypertension, heart disease, diabetes, stroke, um, any kind of chronic lung disease or kidney disease, those are the types of things that make you much more vulnerable to having a, you know, a more severe case of COVID. So let me ask you this, because I think a lot of people, you know, really, and, and I'm, you know, I've known you over a decade and I remember, you know, we talk, I, I don't have a problem talking about it because it's, it's, I fixed it. But, you know, I remember, you know, 10 years ago, you looking at some of my labs and saying to me, you have the lowest vitamin D level I've ever seen in my professional career as a medical doctor. <laughs> um, so, so it was a six and I didn't know what, I mean, that's basically no vitamin D. So I didn't know anything about that. And, you know, obviously I had other things going on. Right. So I, I was I did have anxiety about things and all of these things I thought was just stress of, of life and entrepreneurship and all these other things. But really not knowing that corresponding factor to, you know, to, to something as simple as vitamin D and the different how you feel differently between a six and a and a 40. So here, here's what I'm curious of for people right now who are concerned about that, who are like, oh my goodness, I do, you know, I have a high A1C, I am, I, I, I am pre-diabetic, or what could people do like right now? Because again, what happens in eight, 12 weeks, you know, how you can get on a regimen to fix that, you know, in the future is different from people who maybe have some anxiety about the fact that maybe they didn't, like, can you even get blood work done now to see where you are? What What would you tell people right now um, that people, have some concerns? Yeah, I'm trying to keep people out of the labs and out of the hospital and isolated. If you just took 
2,000 international units of vitamin D, pretty much across the board, that would be safe. So I, I recommend a multivitamin, a good quality multivitamin, because it's going to give you the zinc as well and uh, selenium and the vitamin A, C, and D that are going to be very helpful. But basically stop the processed foods. I mean, I go to the supermarket and the chips aisle is mm. empty. Um, but there's plenty of fresh fruits and vegetables. I mean, the more processed foods you eat, the higher your blood sugar is going to be. And um, same thing with sugar, starch, and, you know, something that doesn't come out of the ground. So the, as best as possible, eat natural, eat fresh and or frozen. So you are almost teeing up a perfect I, – I, I if we were looking at each other, I could see Mike Risk right now probably salivating uh, to, <laughs> to, to jump in here because you're teeing up a real – you're teeing up a mental issue, what you just talked about here at the grocery store. So, Mike, I want to bring you in because um, Dr. Maida is making an excellent point that people are – using this opportunity, using this situation, I shouldn't call it opportunity, using this situation to abandon some of the potential uh, principles or things that they know better, right? And turn to chips and turn to Oreos and turn to these different things that we know as human beings, right? You, I mean, you turn that bag over and you read the ingredients, you know the deal here. What advice are you giving to some of the people that you're working with? And and w why are people turning to this idea of Oreo cookies and, and you know, this comfort food idea? Now, I mean, full disclosure, I, I have an interest in a candy company and, you know, we're they're doing business. I mean, they're they're, you know, e-commerce. Obviously, their store's not open, but their e-commerce store is is bustling and people are ordering product. Mike, talk, talk to us a little bit about what's the mental impact of why people might be turning to that type of foods and things that we know are bad. Right. Well, um, a couple things. I mean, I think first off, we have to appreciate that all of our thoughts, our feelings and our behaviors are a reflection of our identity a reflection of who we think we are. So that's kind of the bigger, more uh, philosophical response to your question. Mm. I think the more down-to-earth response would be that, you know, it's, it's a basic bi uh, lesson in biology. You know, we, we are in a state of survival, and the brain wants more than anything to not feel pain. And so we will turn mm. to comfort foods, uh, foods that make us, that can instantly gratify us, things that we, in a sense, even know are bad but they're going to instantly gratify us. They're going to distract us from what's going on, from keeping us, you know, locked into the day-to-day the -day stresses. And uh, food, even though it's temporary and people realize that, it, it does work. And it, it's the same reason why people use drugs and alcohol. They know it's not the right thing to do, but it is comforting because in that moment, it does get them out of that stress response. So not long-term chronic stress. Right. Let me ask you this question. And I don't want you to know, I mean, don't psych my mind. You've, I've known you 20 years. You try to psych my mind sometimes when we talk, but don't try to psych my mind. But what it, I, I want to, and, and I think I, I'm like, I'm a huge authenticity person. So, you know, there are people who are look who look to me right now. I mean, people I coach and people are looking to me to, to have this, you know, game face. That's everything's going to be fine. Um, and anybody who's an influencer at whatever level in the marketplace kind of is feeling that responsibility. Now, I happen to be somebody that I, I believe in the the stages of human emotion, right? So um, I certainly look at things and go, oh, my God, what's going on here and, and have those moments. But 
my so my question is is that what is what is it in particular that says okay what makes me walk upstairs and walk past my peloton when I have the time to do it. I have this is a good like this is a great opportunity for me to recommit to fitness. And I have all this stuff in my house, you know, instead of having to go to the gym, I have kettlebells. I have this big Peloton treadmill, everything in here. What is it that is making me not making me just walk past it when I know it's a prime opportunity for me to 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 jump on that? Right. That's a good question. And of course, a lot of people are in that same situation. Yes. Here's the thing. Do you know what drives our behavior? I mean, I, I take it from your question. Maybe you don't know, but I'll just ask the question. Do you know what drives our behavior? Well, you're going to tell me. I'm not going to be wrong. I'm not going to be wrong live. I mean, I'm not going to be wrong on my podcast. So I'll let you go ahead and tell us. Beliefs. Yeah. Our beliefs drive our behaviors. Yeah. So what you believe about yourself drives your behavior. And then the question, the bigger question is, well, what drives your beliefs? What formed your beliefs? Well, your experiences. And so the experiences that you've experienced during your formative years growing up became your operating system for how you make day-to-day decisions. And then I think the Peloton for a lot of people, and I think also for you, since you are a thriving entrepreneur, uh, it conflicts with your measure of success. Because to you, I'd imagine a good day is getting a lot of things done. And the Peloton would conflict with that measure. So like I have a, a so a buddy of mine who I know, you know, a real committed to fitness, kind of his side hustle is is training. And, you know, he's all over Instagram and everything kind of, you know, showing his training and stuff. And now obviously he's quarantined and home bank, can't, can't go to Gold's Gym, can't kind of. Mm-hmm. But now he's posting all his home workouts like nothing has changed for him in his mind. Right. Because he was already committed to that. Do you find that people people's behavior really does it I see I don't think you can wake up and just have an epiphany and then all you're different. I think it's I think it's a small percentage of people who can can do that. You know, my aunt who used to smoke 30, 20 years ago, she woke up on a Thursday and said, you know what, I'm not smoking anymore, and she never smoked again. I don't think the average person can do that. So do you are you finding that people aren't really necessarily changing their behavior? You know, the discipline is discipline being tested right now for people? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you know, we have to look at the basic, uh, th- this will never change. There, change people want to happen as a revolution. Now, a revolution is defined as a powerful change in a short period of time. Mm. But the fact of the matter is the way change always has played out for all of time is as an evolution. And that's a mm. gradual development from one form to another. And so you can just see there, based on the definition, how that conflicts and contradicts with our cultural notion of success. Right. We all want the powerful change, and that's not going to change how people, you know, th- this, we, we, keep, we're, we can't, yes, fear can get us going, but it's not a very sustainable driver. It's not sustainable, it's not enjoyable, and it's not rewarding. So, I, like, I used to tell people, well, I always tell people my joke is, and again, you've known me a long time. My joke is if, if and Dr. Mayor, I mean, all of you guys have known me a long time, um, but, for, like, from a health and, you know, like Mike attempted to train me many years ago. Uh, Dr. Made attempted to, you know, do some, put me on a few things too. So from that perspective, you know, my statement has always been, uh, you know, if you see me really, really thin, that means I'm really, really rich. And then it's retirement time, right? Because, uh, <laughs> because I, I, I believe that, you know, because I'm buying into like, 
my cortisol levels have to be all crazy. Like it's this entrepreneurship stress and all this stuff. So once I'm rich, I won't have that stress, right? And then and then I'll be thin. Like that, I'm not the only person that ever makes that mental equation, right? So no. so uh, so so let me. So I want to put a pin in Mike for a second, Tyrone. I want to pop over to you because we've got now, you know, we've got now people who are concerned about their their. Um, their deficiencies potentially in terms of the health or the state of their health. Now we've got mindset issues. We've got people now that are panicking, have anxiety. They're turning to cookies and things of that nature um, and, and probably making some bad decisions, alcohol, all these other factors from a money standpoint, because people are not just driven by, I think several things are happening, right? You're, you're dealing with this idea of being homebound and, and feeling this restriction, which, you know, is un-American in, in, in certain aspects, right? Number one. And, but now we have this financial crisis that is not of 08, is not of 08, 09, is not of, you know, the mortgage co- industry collapsing or Lehman Brothers or, or stock market. This is now an unemployment crisis that is creating uh, this financial disaster. What are you telling people right now? Um, and what are you seeing out there from a financial end of what some people should be doing? You know, we hear about the paycheck to paycheck. We hear about, you know, these unemployment numbers continuing to balloon. What are you telling people out there that are concerned about their financial well-being? Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Secondly, I think the two you know speakers before me hit on things that are really important. Um, when you do start to talk about money, um, you know, the, the whole health is wealth thing and, you know, good habits around money. And I think, again, I've been, I've had a lot of conversations with clients. I have a lot of conversations with friends, family, publications, so on and so forth. People are scared. People are nervous. There's a lot of uncertainty, um, especially how you want to look at this, right? You can look at it from a global macro standpoint of what's going on globally, which the majority of people in America right now, the 17 million that are out of work, they don't care about that. Now you scale that down. You say, well, let's talk about it as a country. Okay. Well, we look at what's going on in the country, the unemployment numbers, what the government is actually doing. Where are you in the country? Right. I'm in New Jersey, New York, New Jersey, very much a hot spot. If you are a small business owner in New Jersey or New York, or you are unemployed in New York and New Jersey right now, it's been shown that having to put in those applications to get access to those funds are very difficult. Let's scale that down to the individual where most people are right now. Go back to the conversations that we were just having habits, good habits around money. Um, one of the questions that I ask every single person that becomes a client or that will become a client, asking two questions. The first is what is your relationship with money currently? Is it a, mm-hmm. when you think of money, is it abundance or is it scarcity? Right. Mm. I grew up in the family with none. So it it was scarcely I had to break that mindset. The second thing is, what is your first memory? Is it your grandfather taking you to the bank? Is it the landlord banging on the door, Mm. you know, um, you know, telling you to get out? Because right now in this environment, with all of these different stresses of family and kids home and all these other things, most of your, your willpower is small. Your decisions will suffer and you will lean on your experiences with money in that time. So one trying to get people to identify with their habits around money to getting them to really get in touch with their personal financial situation. Don't look bigger picture, look within your house. And then it goes back to what financial advisors have been screaming at people to do forever, which is simply have a budget, 
simply look at please, 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 and they never listen, but we implore mm. them, have at least a year of living expenses. So if this happens, you are okay. And then the third thing, which is probably the most important and the one thing that people never, ever do right now with people getting sick and everything else is an estate plan. Does not mean you need to be rich. Does not mean you need to have, mm. you know, houses in, in Malibu. It's just simply meaning having your documents in order. You know, advanced directive, power of attorney, all mm. of these different things, a living will, trust if you're going to do them. All of these things now people want to rush and have conversations about, and they haven't before. So long-winded way of saying I've been trying to dial into where that person is in their life. Are they 25 and out of work now? Were they gonna, did they plan on retiring in the next two years? Have they just, you know, started a job and started to acquire some type of type of equity in the company and just bought a home. So try to dial on to where that individual person is because I can't give broad advice. I have to speak right. directly to your condition if I'm going to help you. Mike, I want you to jump in here. What, what did you, because there was some, there was clearly some overlap, right? When you talk about belief systems and you talk about some of these things here, where would you like to add to, to people who are struggling with that? I have to imagine that some people from a planning and the state plan, you know, this idea of having your affairs in order or doing estate planning, A, I agree with you, Tyrone, number one, um, this is typically something that that we think is only for the top 1% or, or mm -hmm. whatever, you know, Chris Rock has the joke, you know, they don't live you a will, they live you a won't. Um, right. Yep. So we, 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 <laughs> we, we, yep. we have that, you know, we have that kind of a, a equation in our mind. So I, I agree with you there, but I think it's something to look at, but I think there's a subset of people and Mike, I want to hear what you have to say about this, that potentially are saying, you know, affairs in order or state planning or, you know, I don't want to think about dying. I'm not dying anytime soon. That's not going to happen to me. Like, again, going back to the mindset, what what are some of your thoughts about what, what Tyrone said, Mike, that, as it relates to the belief systems? Yeah, no, I love Tyrone's response. And it's very clear that uh, he's a heart guy and really cares about the whole person that he's serving. Uh, so that's awesome. But he, he, he said exactly what I was trying to get at, which is, all of our behaviors stem from our beliefs and our beliefs trickle back to our experiences. And so when he said, was your first memory of money related to somebody banging on your door looking for rent? You know, if you have those types of experiences, that's going to uh, boil down into the types of behaviors that you're engaging in day to day. So our beliefs drive our behaviors, our experiences form our beliefs. And what I would add to what he said about what's your relationship with money, which I think is an amazing question, I've discovered that our relationship with everything, whether it's food, money, drugs, sex, alcohol, you name it, they're all a reflection of our relationship with ourselves. And so I try and take the focus off of a relationship with a particular aspect of someone's well-being, and I put it on the self-relationship, because how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. So if you relate to yourself in a scarce way, you're going you're gonna to see that across people's entire lifestyle, not just specific to their finances or to their diet or to their health. Right. And so it's really got to be about the whole person. How do you relate to yourself? And then let's appreciate where did those beliefs form that you, that taught you how to relate to yourself? Well, a lot of times it's model behavior. How did your parents treat themselves? That's most likely the way you treat yourself. And so I think there's, you know, there's depths to this stuff and there's a complexity Dr. Maynard, I want to pivot to you for a second because I, I mean, you know, all of the, there's a million conspiracy theories. There's a lot of stuff going on out there. And I find that, um, 
I, I find that people people that I know provide me all of the um, insights that I need, and um, I'm, <laughs> and a lot of times it's I family. Need- and yeah, so a lot of times it's my family um, and my sister, um, who is I can't even talk to her on the phone without her screaming at me. She's completely panicked. And, you know, she's out buying Tropicana orange juice, thinking that's the answer to vitamin C and uh, and, and Lipton green tea, thinking that that's that's the answer to, you know, her antioxidants or, or whatever. And that like Tropicana orange juice, which. Arguably, um, I guess I can't. I don't. I don't want any liabilities here. But pr- probably better orange juice options if you're going to drink orange juice than than that. Okay, I'll just put it there. So, what what advice? Like, people seem to be kind of having all these different conspiracies about what they should do with their health right now. What what? I know you talked about fruits and vegetables, and you know, kind of everybody says that, but there are some people making some decisions, right? They're using this as an opportunity to, you know, they're, they're having, they're having lots of pasta. They're having lots of this. What are the impacts on people's health uh, potentially based on decisions they're making right now? It's a huge impact because it's not only short-term health, but whether or not if you did come in contact with the COVID, how well would you survive it? Or would you be one of those people that need to be hospitalized or on a ventilator? It's going to have long-term consequences. So you might not have immediate consequences, but, uh, you know, in this time frame, you could. But they've linked complications to obesity and blood sugar. So if you have high blood sugar and you're eating more pasta and candy and chips and starches and potato and rice and all of that stuff, you're going to be worse off if you contract it short term. And long term, you're going to end up with insulin resistance that are hormonal leptin resistance, obesity, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. So, you know, the basic things, even look, you're going to have some comfort food, go ahead. I mean, let's, let's face it, this is a very troubling time, but get up, move, cut back a little bit. I'm not, I'm not going to tell people you, you have to just take everything out of your diet and, and, and only eat fruits and vegetables and wild caught fish and, free-range chicken, because sometimes, you know, you can't afford it. The things, the reason right. why people eat pasta and rice and beans, they're cheap, they're available, they don't go bad. But have a little less of that. Add more. Add some more of the good stuff. Get out and move. You know, do whatever relaxation technique works for you. Like some people are just much too agitated to meditate right. because that, that will balance your mer- nervous system, your hormonal system, and your and your immune system. Um, same thing, your immune system's in your gut. And if you feed your gut microbiome sugar, the bad bugs are going to take over and that affects your immune system. It so, affects so your nervous you this, system and your hormone you system. Question. Let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. So, cause I'm not, I, and so you can tell me I'm not crazy, right? So I noticed that, so, you know, prior to this thing, I had been kind of eating a certain way, typically, which was generating results for me in terms of how I felt, right? Am I making this up now? I have I have fallen into that same, because again, I just believe in the human condition. I don't believe anybody's happy all the time. I don't believe, you know, people, anybody I talk to right now, I'm like, hey, how are you? Oh, it's a fantastic day. I'm calling BS on that, dude. Um, so, so because I just... Yeah. You know, I, I say happy people scare me. I get some flack for that. But um, people that are just infectiously happy all the time, I, I just 
I don't, I'll be interested to see what Mike, you have to say about that in a minute, but um, I just believe there's something to that because we're meant to go through different, different stages. So what I was thinking is that I'm thinking about, you know, I'm one of those people that, you know, I've had a little more ice cream than maybe I I normally um, have. And maybe I've had some things that I haven't, you know, I hadn't had pasta in forever. And then now I find myself, you know, having pasta during this thing, but just tell me I'm not crazy. I I believe in something as simple as a day, I can notice a difference. If I like if I had pasta and I haven't had pasta in, in months, I had pasta during this whole situation, I felt it the next day. Like I, I could physically feel a difference. Now I'm not making that up, right? Can can no a, a food no. decision I make in twenty four hours, right, can affect me. Right. I mean I could feel that. Like something maybe right? I'm not making that up. No, you're not making that up. Like if I have a food that I'm sensitive, if I have dairy within a half an hour, I get post-nasal drip and nasal congestion. Some people who have gluten sensitivity, not, I'm not even talking about celiac, they'll get bloated or the next right. day they're two pounds up. So, But the corollary is if you change it for the better, you can get better in a few days. I mean, I've seen miracles in just a week with people. Right. Uh, and people have the belief, oh, I can't lose weight or I can't change my diet or I can't do this. You know, we hold their hands and you change, you help them change their belief system by seeing some, taking some small steps and seeing some successes. And then lo and behold, it's like, oh, my God, I'm doing this and I can do this. And things have changed. Tyrone, let me ask you this. And I want to then I want to bring Mike in. Uh, Dr. Benny was talking about the idea of uh right some of our decision making is is, can be potentially driven by um our budget what are you seeing or or what advice are you giving because there's no question about it i can get chips and a taco kit for less than i can bushels of 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 broccoli right so (laughs) Right, two for five at McDonald's. Unfortunately, um, when you're tr- when you have no income right now, is more people typically will abandon the idea of organic or or all of these things. It's this the impact on their financial situation. What what can you say to people who are literally having to make those decisions? Like, I know I should not be eating this right now, but financially i've got three kids and i've been furloughed because i work retail or work in a restaurant or all of these different types of things again i think it's it's being aware of someone's condition especially in financial services we have a tendency to speak from a position of privilege um Mm. and again having grown up in a home where there wasn't a choice on what you ate you have to do you know what you need to do until you can do what you want until until what you're able to do so i don't try and judge people in them in them situations you know i'm i'm a very healthy eater i've been right. you know like oh, that mo- most of my you know most of yes. my adult life but I, I i try not to judge people in in the decisions that they're making there because it's a very privileged thing to not have to worry about hold up hold on um, a second hold on a second i remember i remember um when you were training for the olympics and um we had to, I don't know if you remember this conversation, but I do because it was funny. And it was like, uh, Ty- Tyrone's not even going to the bathroom. And they're like, yeah, because there's nothing, there's not his body, whatever he's putting in, it's like a hundred percent absorption of his body. Uh, right, like whatever right. you were eating, it was just like, there's nothing, to, there is no waste to go out because he's only <laughs> eating stuff that is getting absorbed a hundred percent. But I just thought about right. that. But go ahead, go, go ahead. With no, me, no, no. So, but to that point though, what I, what I do try to do is let people know that there are are 
I do think there can be some excuses in made there because some of those people do have iPhones and everything else. So it's like, well, if you could spend money on that, you can you yeah. can at least shop cheaply and efficiently. So what should people, people be cutting options. out? What should people be cutting I, I, out? Because like, I've gone through my you know like I'm going through credit card statements and I'm looking at stuff that I never paid attention to before. All these apps, all these reoccurring, all these yep. ten, fifteen, twenty dollar things that were luxuries, right? That I never paid any attention to. Like people are getting real serious right now with those line items. As they should, as they should. So as as you know, I mentioned on the podcast with you before. One of the things that you should do: take the last three months of your checking statement and look checking account and look at where you spent your money. I'm encouraging everybody to do that right now. Illuminate it for yourself and say, okay, well, I've been spending X of money eating out, right? That should have gone down, you know, whatever, buying all these crazy supplements. Like I do that sometimes. Like, all right, I didn't need to spend all this money at vitamin shop, whatever the case may be. Again, right. subscriptions to certain things, all that. On the other side of that, which I've been having conversations with some of my younger clients and folks in general is your 401k. Your company companies are actually saying they're not going to match or contribute to 401ks anymore. So guess what? Yes. Beat them to it. Keep the money that's invested invested. Now, do not turn off your contribution until you, again, habit, created a good habit where you look at your paycheck and say, okay, I've had $150 come out from my 401k every paycheck. That's $300 a month. Make sure now when you get that money back in your check, you've already earmarked it for an extra credit card payment or whatever the case may be. So just trying to get people to, again, their personal life, what have you been spending money on that you no longer need? Um, and also trying to impress upon people. We are, without a doubt, and you, you can look at the biggest, smartest economists, central banks, uh, investment banks, world. we are headed for a depression, not a recession, a depression. Because if you look mm. at the numbers, we were probably headed to a recession anyway. The, the landing that we are headed for is unprecedented. So if people don't get that under control now, then you you won't be able to fix it later. So again, yes, food is a small piece of that people do have to eat. But I just think again, looking at their whole financial life and where they spend money, um, and you're looking at it now with with people going to the grocery store a lot. You're seeing people, oh, I've been going to the grocery store, you know, three four times a week now. Why you're yes. home, you're eating all yes. the food, you're nervous or whatever. So again, there's what they call lifestyle creep in our business. So now again, if I'm forced to be in my home for three weeks straight. Um, mm-hmm. now I, I, I may, I, you know, I don't have to pay for gas. I don't have to, to travel, but you're going to make that up somewhere else. Um, right. and it's a really good idea to make sure that it's not going to waste and actually going to your bot, your, your, your personal, right. Financial bottom line so that your family is able to withstand, you know, through the next three to six months and maybe longer because this, this is the, 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 the time frame to get out of this. I think no one can really put a, put a number on but it's right. going to be long and hard mike let me bring you in here i i just I, I was taking some notes and i i just made up something um as i tend to do when i have my brainstorming moments and i just i just made up a term and i want to ask you about it so this will, be, this will be the first time you've heard the term because uh, i think i think i just made it up at least but um it's something i'm calling a contradiction of clarity and I want you to explain it, even though I just made it up. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what I mean by it, and then I think it will lead into your ability. So, so I wrote this down: contradiction of clarity. Because as Tyrone was talking and as Dr. Manny was talking, I started to think about 
even personally this back to this kind of dichotomy of what we should be doing what we could be doing so as tyrone was talking about cuts that we should be making i started to think about um the idea of the emotional impact of making those cuts right so at a time this never been done before because at a time when quarantining is providing people with a lot of clarity right relationship clarity learning things about maybe people they're quarantined with um or you know providing clarity on maybe you were into some things you weren't supposed to be into that now um not being able to go in and and partake in those things you can't anymore it's providing all these moments of clarity however the emotional impact right of the things that are happening to people are contradicting so Yes, financially, I'm furloughed. I've lost my job. I, 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 I don't know when unemployment's coming because the, the, the state website keeps crashing, right? So I don't know what's going to happen. And I know I don't need Netflix, Hulu, HBO, Showtime, Disney Plus. I don't need, I don't need $100 worth of stuff right now. So I have the clarity that I should be responsible and cut this because that's the responsible thing, the thing to do. But then I contradict myself because I go... I need the comforts of 1,000 movies that I never watched before until now that I'm on quarantine. And this fear of loss sets in. I've set the table for you there. What, what, are, some things, what are some things people could be doing to combat this in their mind? Uh, hit, hit me with I'm that not, zen. I, I'm I, ready I, for I, the I, zen. I want you to hit me with that zen right now because you've been zenning us. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I, I think I'm not that good anymore at just providing tactics, kind of piggybacking on what Tyrone was saying. It, it, it does come down for the person a little bit, but I, I, let me try and give you somewhat of a blanketed response. Okay. I think when it comes to giving people very conscious advice, you know, do this, don't do that, mm-hmm. it conflicts with how behaviors actually change. Because the majority of our behavior is subconscious. Like if you ask somebody, hey, uh, do you want to be overweight? Well, they say, no, I don't want to be overweight. But for some reason, they're still behaving in ways contradictory to what they want to do. I so we see there that. that those <laughs> What's that? I can attest to that. Yeah. So you know, the behavior is subconscious. So the question is, well, where does yeah. it come from? Well, we can tell people to do this and that and to do all these improvement techniques. But let me just share with you a few quotes that I actually teed up here while I was okay. in silence. Uh, no level of self-improvement will ever make up for a lack of self-acceptance. Mm. And so we have too it's many people trying to, trying to improve themselves to make up for a lack of the fact that they don't accept themselves. And them not accepting themselves obviously is tied to their experiences, which has turned into their beliefs and therefore their behaviors. Then I'll say no level of self-acceptance is possible without self-understanding. So what I do in my mind, body, spirit coaching practice is help people not to change themselves, not to fix themselves. That's not a good starting point. It's to understand themselves, to help them understand why they're doing what they're doing, because they're already highly motivated to make the change that they want to make. I don't need a pep rally. I don't need to be their cheerleader. They want to make those changes. I just have to help them understand why they're not making them. And I say, if things aren't improving, it's because you don't understand your situation. And once you understand your situation, you will improve it. And so there's three steps for a behavior change. How do we kind of move out of this state of embodying this kind of negative false reality, this one that we don't want to be living into more positive? Here's the three steps to behavior change, and the behavior change itself is the third step. The first step is we need to increase our levels of consciousness. 
that means we need to learn how to look at it life through a really big lens and to become the fly on the wall in every room that we walk into and start to question, why are we doing what we're doing? Because until we get to that level of seeing, and we need to do it non-judgmentally, not judging what we're doing, but to see and question, why am I doing it? Increased levels of consciousness, consciousness always lead to a shift in paradigm. It's kind of like when you thought you knew something, but then new information's been brought to the table. Now you've had a paradigm shift. You're looking at it differently right. because now you're looking through a bigger lens. Mm. Well, now we have the shift in paradigm. And then the question is, what follows our paradigms? And that's our behaviors. So every decision that we made today was in alignment with what we believe to be true. And so it really goes back out more to making change at the level, but it's more change happens more indirectly and experientially. So when I can help people see now, for, for instance, you brought up kind of feeling a little guilty about some of the decisions that you're making earlier. Right. Right. It's, it's because you're making decisions that conflict with what's important to you. You're jeopardizing your values in moments of stress. And so what, what would be helpful for you is to learn constructive alternatives to your protective behaviors. So it wouldn't be, hell, oh, Corey, here's this list of three things you should do every time you get stressed. That's helping you understand, well, what's the trigger behind that stress? What's your tendency once you're triggered? And what's that whole pattern look like? And where can you insert yourself into that pattern to create a change? Mm. See, I told you he was going to hit us with the Zen. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, now, for me, so so like, okay, so, I mean, you, listen, I, I, I love about every time I talk to you, you get deeper and deeper. I've known you 20 years and you get deeper and deeper when I talk to you. And I think it's so impactful. Now, there is this element, right? So in kind of like my world, which is maybe more levity uh, to a situation, I think about the I think about the dog laying on the porch. Um, and the guy walks up to the porch and the dog is in the corner moaning and groaning. The guy says to, to his friend, why is the dog moaning and groaning? He says, well, he's laying on a nail. And the guy says, well, why doesn't the guy just, why didn't the dog just get up off the nail? He says, it doesn't hurt bad enough. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I think in, in some people's mind, right. There's not, they haven't associated enough pain with, with whatever it is that they're doing that that may be hurting them now i don't want to go too far into your territory because because uh <laughs> you're you're you because yeah you you go deep on it but let me ask you one more thing and then and i want to bring dr Meta back in one of the things that i'm terrified of for for humanity right now is the impact on the financial loss the impact on uh people who thrive on on being around other people the impact on this, I know you're not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but I'm concerned about the impact of, of suicide and the impact of, um, you know, my audience is entrepreneurs and business owners, there's business owners that had everything, their life savings in their restaurant. There's business owners who just um, took out big loans to, to renovate and now they're completely you know, shut down and they're trying to do takeout, which is obviously a fraction of, of, of their business. Uh, the father of five who's been laid off, who was not earning a, a barely a living wage to begin with. Um, and now and now it's not there. And people who are considering that. Is there anything I, you know, I know this. Uh, I know people need to evolve and, and you, you have these steps um, uh, from a long term aspect. But is there is there any is there any hope or is there anything that you could say to people right now who may be considering some things that they have thought they never considered before. Yeah, no. Th and this is, this is a great, uh, obviously. So, and this is much needed conversation. Here, here's what I'd say. Um, 
any time you place your happiness outside of your very being. And if you look at in, in history, there's never been one person who, uh, where it was understood why they committed suicide. It's always tied to the fact that they based their being or their happiness in something outside of themselves. Somebody loses their life savings because the market crashes. Uh, somebody, you know, lost family members. Uh, and not to say that these aren't important, significant things, but whenever we base our, our, our center in things outside of ourselves, it can lead to that, unfortunately. And so right. the question really comes back to, well, what are, we, what are we basing our happiness on? And if it's anything outside of ourselves, we do run that risk of running into the mental health and all the issues that will come up long before someone ever gets to the point of suicide. But here's what I'd say. I filmed a, med uh, a meditation, maybe you could put it in your show notes, on, it's called the coronavirus meditation. And it's helping people see that there are things yeah, in our lives that are within our control, and then there's everything else. And the fact of the matter is we control so little. And so we need to learn how to surrender the things that are outside of our control and then focus on the things that we can. So, for instance, we can't control the death toll. We can't control how rapidly this is spreading. We can't control the fact that people, there are very real job losses, so on and so forth. But we can control the fact that we are informed. We can control the fact, like Dr. Meta said, the foods that we put into our body. And like Tyrone said, the, you know, how, how we're spending our finances. Those are the things we can control. And so we need to largely bring ourselves back to a place where, number one, we're anchoring our, our happiness to our very being. That's not, that's, I know that's kind of a glib response. But then number two, we need to realize we need to keep focused on the things that are within our control. And I'll leave you with a little quote that I jotted down in relation to your comment on people can't be possibly happy every day. And I, I do agree with you, but I'll, here's a quote to, to stir the pot. Reality minus expectations equals happiness. Mm. So if you can learn how to engage reality and to surrender and meet reality at the nature of where it's at, which is why J.K. Rowling said, rock bottom was the foundation from which I rebuilt my life upon. When you, can, when you, when you take a step back and you look, you'll see that 99% of the things that make you upset or dissatisfied are related to expectations. So when you can learn how to remove expectations, and it is a skill set, you will be happy more often than not. I love that. And leave me with this. I didn't say you were going anywhere yet, but I want to bring Dr. Meta in. Uh, I want to I bring Dr. Meta in on this because there's a lot of people out there right now, right, that are they're not only desperate for answers, right, Dr. Meta, they're the, the internet and social media is, is driving us, you know, is – as informative as informative as it can be it can also be problematic right so i think there are people out there that are you know um thinking supplements are the answer and thinking that there's a whole whole conversation about whatever that drug is that i don't even want to pronounce because i'll pronounce it wrong but you have people who are potentially overdoing it and in 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 the name of trying to protect their health what it what how are you advising i mean you specialize in longevity and how you know how to live longer how to live younger so what are you telling you know how are you advising even your your patients and people that are working with you on not overdoing it now and not because i used to be consumed oh i need this vitamin and it's gonna it's it's, it's based on my i sent in my dna and now they made the vitamin just for me and now i've you know, you've got 92 different pills you're trying to take to have some to, to think you're affecting all of this. And then, you know, again, depending on what you read, 
or who you listen to or what studies you follow. Some say you don't need 90% of the things that people are are picking up to, to Tyrone's point, over, overloading at, at the vitamin shop. What are you saying to people? How are you advising people that are so terrified that they're deficient in all these areas or they're loading up on all these supplements that could have long-term challenges uh, for them? Well, just like a financial plan, you, you have to take it on an individual basis. So with certain patients, I can measure or I have their measurements of, of what's going on in their body, and I can, I can tailor a program to them. But it could be something as simple as a good quality multivitamin and some vitamin D, you know, because the multivitamin right. is going to have A, it's going to have C, it's going to have zinc, it's going to have selenium. You can bone up on it. And there are parameters for how much you can take. And a lot of the other things you can get from from fruits and vegetables. So if you want to go that basic, I will go that basic. And then, yeah, some of the other things have shown that it's like a probiotic or probiotic foods will stop the adherence of any kind of virus and it helps your immune system. So probiotic foods, you know, sauerkraut, uh, you know, miso, Pickles, anything that's fermented, yogurt, kefir, that those kinds of things can help. Foods that feed your microbiome, that's the good bacteria in your gut, you know, garlic, leeks. You can get a lot of things from food. And if you want to take more, yeah, there's there's a, a whole list. I have a, you but know, should I, I be running out? Everyone. Should I be running out, you know, oh, I, I, my mother, the conspiracy theorist, you know, emails me everything. Tyrone, you'll love this. She sent me an email that the banks are just going to freeze everybody's money. Um, that's what's coming next. You're just going to, you're going to, you're going to, I got that gonna, from my mother too. Did you? Yeah. You're just going to, you're going to log in and Wells Fargo just said, you know what? Hell, we're just taking this money right now and we'll see you later. So that's her latest. Uh, now, listen, if she's right, I'll, I'll be the first to apologize, but, uh, but I don't think it's going to work that way. But, but so to, to, to that point, Dr. Maida, um, you know, all this stuff circulating. Oh, you know, oh, you, you, respi- you need this for your respiratory uh, or you need tart. You need to start having tart cherry to, to do this and do that. And now people are going, cr- are going crazy because of all this anxiety that's being created here, right? And is this a time to start doing that? Like, how do you talk people off that ledge, you know, as it relates to their physical health? The most important thing is to get the anxiety under control. And anxiety comes from not feeling in control. And you can, can, there are things that you can control, like what you put in your body, how much sleep, how much rest. And I'm, you know, every Wednesday I do a quick, uh, my team and I do something quick where we give people simple wisdoms, very simple strategies that they can do right, right away that are easy, that are free. So sometimes you can just shift your nervous system. I try to get people to shift their nervous system, and you can do it by humming, singing, breathing, you know, foot massage. You can give somebody a foot massage. They can give you a foot massage. You can do your own. Now you're um, talking. Yeah. You know, you, you need to get yourself into a state of relaxation, and then you can make better decisions. And there's a technology that we use called HeartMath, and it's been studied for a very long time, and now I'm going to give away my age because – I knew it when it was out on cassette tapes. <laughs> it's so you don't look, you don't look a day be. over forty. Oh, thank you. That's why I love you, Corey. You know. <laughs> so every night, you know, like I do gratitude. 
something that right. you're grateful for because it shifts your physiology, it shifts your nervous system. And then from there, you can get more creative, make better decisions, be innovative, you know, get a grip on yourself. And then, look, if you've had very bad health habits for a long time, it's not going to, some things will turn around overnight and some things will, then I'd say, go out and buy all this stuff. If you've had good health habits, you know, just take the basics, eat good foods, eat fermented foods, eat prebiotic foods and probiotic foods, get your rest, but it's the anxiety that's going to hurt people the most. And right. simple things to shift the parasympathetic nervous system from, from fight or flight into rest, digest, reproduce, regenerate, and repair. Deep belly breathing, meditation, yoga, tai chi, humming, singing, chanting, hot and cold showers, uh, massage, and change your thinking. And, and don't think, take the tea at a can't. And know that you can, because I think if people look back at different times of their lives where they have overcame something, look, I thought it was dire when you know we were hit by a hurricane and I had no water, no heat, right. no electricity at home or at work and out of work for a few weeks. And it took a long time for things to get back because people went through, you know, rebuilding their homes and it was the same thing. And then a year later, same thing happened. And it's like, will I ever recover from this? And you know what? I did. And sometimes, right. you know, there was a time in my life where I took what would have been considered a menial do job for a doctor. But you know what? I wanted to do something. I wanted to work. And that choice is always there for people. You could be bitter or you could be better. And every choice, every moment in time, you can make a choice. And you can make a choice that's good for you or not good for you. And, of course, people are going to slip. And you have to forgive yourself but get right back on. So are supplements going to change everything? No. Your basics, your lifestyle, and your thinking is what's going to really get you through this. All right. So I want to, I've got, I've got one final question for each of you. Well, I've got two final questions for each of you and made us, since I'm already talking to you, I want to start with you on one of the two. And I want to talk quickly about immune system. And what I want to know specifically where I've heard contradictions and this plays a little bit to some of the stuff Mike talks about also in, in terms of our, our, our mental belief system, immunity as it relates, I have been hearing people saying, Hey, dial back on the exercise right now, because that could make you more susceptible. That works. Your immune system could make you more susceptible to catching something and then and then making it more difficult to to fight that can you add some medical clarity to that sure over exercising can over exercising i mean doing a lot more than you ever did before and and doing it to a point of exhaustion can cause inflammation but for the most part movement and exercises is very good for your, your immune system so it only increases what they call interleukin-6 by maybe 100. And, you know, a cytokine storm, which is what really is the big problem in COVID, it's thousands. So mm. I, I wouldn't be so afraid unless you're frenetic and really pushing yourself so hard to, to a point of exhaustion. You know, you've got to, if you've never exercised, you've got to build up. But 
over-exercising is not good, but exercising is really one of the best things that you can do for your mind and your body and your immune system. Got it. Tyrone, let me pivot to you for a second. Cash, money, liquidity. Um, I'm hearing things like get rid of your, liquidate your 401k right now, because obviously there's some specifications that are allowing people to do that with, with whether tax deferment or eliminating the normal tax associated with with pulling that money out earlier or, or something. I don't want to get too far into the weeds because I, I don't have all the details. So, but but people are being, there's this conversation about being as liquid as possible um, and liquidity and, you know, again, pulling out of 401ks, doing these things. Are you advising your clients to do that or, or what, what do I need to, you know, what are you telling people? So the main thing is not to take broad financial advice. You can't just tell somebody, get rid of your 401k. That's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> the main thing is, you yes, if you are in a situation where you can stop contributing, you keep the 401k, let that continue to get that compounding growth, stop your contributions, one. Secondly, if you are in a situation where you've accumulated an amount in your 401k that will help you now, Talk to your CPA because the government is allowing you to take, I believe, up to $100,000 without penalty now. Um, so if that is pertinent to you, great. Lastly, as, a, as opposed to a 401k, again, there is, if you, if you were going to start a job and you were just started to, you know, let's just say you started a job a couple of months ago and let's just say you still have it, right? And there was some automatic enrollment or something like that. Maybe you want to you wanna stop that and not get started so you actually have that cash now. Um, as far as liquidity goes, I think right now the, the majority of people just need to make sure that they are going to have enough to cover their living expenses, right? At the end of every month, you got to make sure you have the money coming in to handle those expenses. That is the most important thing. How you do that is a very personal, in-depth conversation. Um, but yes, I would encourage people right now to look at one this is, is what we call in the business, and you wear this as a, as a, as a, a small business, an entrepreneur, your burn. Lower yeah, your burn, burn rate. rate, right? Lower your burn rate right now. How much money are you burning a month you're spending? You need to decrease that. And then after that, start to, again, maybe have some of that cash on hand in case Wells Fargo zeroes your account and you don't have uh, <laughs> like any my money, like, like, my, like Mama mostly says. But no, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that's not a real thing. Not going to happen. But yes. Yeah, I definitely would encourage, because again, there's two kinds of, there's multiple kinds of liquidity, but I think for the average everyday person living, living, listening to this rather, I think you just need to make sure that you are lowering your burn rate, which will then give you quote unquote, more liquidity, more cash to handle things that are going to come about now because the, the, the gut punches won't stop, right? The, the, the black swans are going to come fast and furious now depending on your situation and where you are. Again, if you are a small business owner, your business closed. If you just, you just got laid off, I had a client that literally, she called me, she said, tomorrow I have to take a 20% um, decrease in salary. Mm. Well, you know, so it, it's right. Exactly. So, you know, these are, every situation is different. Now that's so better than being, encouraged. that's better than being laid off right now. Yeah, so. Exactly. Well, that was the thing. Yeah. She, there was, there was a wave of layoffs before her. And then everyone that they stayed, that stayed said, you know, you got to take, you got to take a haircut. And I had another right. client got promoted. They told him we can't increase your salary. He was like, well, thank you very much. I got a right. job. Uh, we'll right. focus on that later. So back to the original question. Yes. Just decrease your burn no, well, rate, so take that cash and have it on hand. 
so so I, you bring me to a point that I, I don't want to miss this opportunity to, to to talk about. So because this is happening to everybody, like there's never been something in in my lifetime, um, and even I mean, Doctor Mayor, I know you're a few years older than me, wink wink. Um, but there's nothing that ha- has happened at least in my lifetime, and I would think yours also. Um, I want to keep this question with Tyrone though, but that has globally affected people the same way, like to the point where. You know, I was talking to a buddy of mine who owns an ad agency. Of course, he's getting crushed. He's like, he's like, man, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lose a hundred thousand dollars next month. I laid off I laid off fifteen people. I'm gonna lose a hundred grand next month. He says, but you know, the interesting thing about this is nobody cares because it's happening to them too, yeah. right? So yeah. so it's like it's not even a oh woe is me or oh my buddy you know he came on hard times. Everybody is getting hit in some way. So I wanted to ask you from a financial standpoint. Because people are getting are take employers are taking heat for furloughing or laying off people and, and these different things when maybe they as the CEO or the owner uh, are flush with cash or, you know, were in that top one percent or, or whatever personally. Um, but I, I'm just curious as to your point as we talk about burn rate, because obviously reduce your burn rate by reducing your staff. It what's your opinion? being a money guy on the nobility of oh I'm I'm gonna keep my I'm gonna keep paying people as long as possible. I'm going to take out loans to and I'm not talking about federal stuff, but like, you know, the story about the guy who went to the bank immediately and leveraged his house yeah. so he could keep his business open and keep paying his people. Um mm-hmm. I'm just curious as your feelings about there's, there's the nobility of it, <laughs> you know, and all oh, that's such a great thing to do, but is that fiscally irresponsible? outside of the heartstrings aspect of it um in, in some cases opinion. no but i think again you, you're dealing with morality now and nobility and altruism and all of these things and i do think yes in the situation where but if my business has, is gone i can't help anybody if, right no well i guess it i, I will be, i'll be honest with you i'll give you a real life example that bothered me okay. danny meyer who i love I yeah. love Danny Meyer. The restaurant industry has been decimated. I love Danny Meyer with everything to my core. The book, Setting the Table, is a must-read from anyone that's in customer service, hospitality, whatever. Danny Meyer took a company public over the last 10 years when the market has gone straight up and the world has been flushed with cash. He IPO'd. He's worth $400, $500 million. Now, he took a pay cut. He, he had the staff take a pay cut, but he laid off a whole crop of people. Now, right. you and I both know, as a business standpoint, right thing to do. The reason why I feel like that was amoral was because these same people you laid off allowed you to take a company public mm-hmm. and literally become a gazillionaire, at least if you say, all right, I'm going to hold them over at least the next couple of months until there's some right. clarity on the CARES Act or whatever. He immediately right. let him go. That bothered me, right? Gotcha. So again... The personal thing, but I think in that case where you're worth five hundred million dollars, you can't hold things over for a little while, you know. Right. Um, but yes, but you keep I, the senior yeah. staff. You say, well, everybody takes a pay cut after we fired everybody else, and it worked. Right. Every and the, the average net worth in here is at least a hundred million. That's not fair. Right. Yeah, I thought. I, I, yeah, I was interested in that. 
Mike, let me uh, let me pivot to you, and then I'm going to get to the kind of final questions for everybody. I appreciate your time. I think this is so important to get this information out like this. And what I love is there's so much overlap in terms of like you can see the flow of uh, when 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 Mike talks about belief systems, and you can see how that impacts money. You can see how that impacts health, and how people make those decisions. So I really, um, really am so excited that that we had the opportunity to get you guys together, um, Mike. You've got business owners right now who are making the decision, who have to decide. They might be deemed essential, right? We have a lot of people who who can't open by law, but there are people who um, can ha- can open. This is happening in the car business in particular, um, an area that you and I both know very well. This is happening in the car business. How, from a mental standpoint, and I, I know you're going to tell me this takes time. It's an evolution. But if you could drill it down, uh, as, as best you can, people are struggling with the ethics, morality, risk factor. They're having to decide between livelihood dollars and erring on the side of caution from a safety standpoint. Is there any advice you can give to a business owner who's struggling with um, they're able to stay open in some way or they can be electively in business or have their business going, but they're trying to juggle the risk um, financially versus the risk possibly exposing themselves or their employees or, you know, pushing people to volunteer who they know will come to work because financially they need to. How, what could you tell people who might be struggling with that decision? Yeah, it's going to be a blanket response. Uh, surrender to the nature of reality. I mean, things are what they are. Uh, mm. And it's the same thing that I said earlier. You know, do what you can, uh, things that are within your control, and, and the rest you have that you have to surrender. You know, we're kind of all in this together. Right. And so you have to make the best decisions that honor your values and what you believe in. And I, again, I, uh, Tyrone, I'm a huge fan. Uh, I love hearing you talk about it. And I, I agree with the, the whole Danny Meyer thing. I mean, I'm also a huge fan and the book is amazing. And yeah, to see, you know, somebody do something like that, that's obviously not operating in the best interest of others. When you, because with he, it, it is within his control to be able to do that. And he chose not to. Now right. he's got his own reasons for that. And of course, right. whatever decision he, that to him was the best decision for him to make. So we don't really know. We can right. only speculate. And that's obviously, but we need to practice the, the empathy to say, hey, if I was in his position, I would do what he's doing. You know, if Got I it. believe what he believed and I had his right. experiences, I'd make the same decision. So we need to right. practice the empathy of why would somebody like that make a decision who seemingly can, why would they mm-hmm. do it? But, you know, ultimately, yeah, you want to, but it all comes back to, uh, I'll, I'll end on this, the identity that you're in alignment with. We, gotcha. we're, either in, we're either in alignment with our false identity or our true identity. And depending, and that the, the, the false, our false self is also known as the separate self. It will always mm. make decisions according to what's best for itself. Mm. That's its primary mechanism for making decisions. So it's large. I mean, I can look at this through a spiritual lens. Uh, and, you know, but if somebody's in alignment with their true self, if they know right. that there is no such thing about me and you, it's, it's us. I'm going to obviously manage decisions through a very different lens when I'm inside of that identity. 
dude, I'm so you just brought my. I mean, I'm so calm now. I feel very calm now as we <laughs> as we wind up. Show you, cool, you, man. you calm me when you talk. Uh, but don't don't go. He keeps trying to. You keep trying to go away. Every time you talk, you're like, I'm going to end with this. I have one more question that's coming back around. So <laughs> okay, don't don't okay. go anywhere yet. Okay, I'll don't go time. anywhere. Um, all right, Doctor Mate. I want to bring. I'm coming around to the last question for everybody. Everybody on here is a business owner. Right. I mean, Tyrone, even you just launched your 401 uh, program and kind of kind of stuff like fresh. Um, so I want to start with you, Dr. Meta, everybody's business owner. What are you doing differently right now? In because it's funny, you and I talked, you and I caught up about a month ago before any of this was even a thing. And we you were talking about some different ways you were investing in the business, some different strategies. What are you doing differently now with your pra- your medical practice um, since this COVID-19 uh, situation? Um, almost 100%. Well, I am 100% virtual now. Uh, I used to see people in the office. Now I invested in telemedicine, and I have different apps for that. Um, we, we were set up to work remotely, so now my staff and I meet via Zoom. We offer a lot more online programs, free programs, Zoom programs. Uh, I've, and what I'm doing now, and it's coming down the pike, is I'm testing people for antibodies to COVID. Mm. We're doing this in Italy and Germany because if you, like any other virus or bacteria, you're exposed to it, your immune system fights it, you get over it, and then, quote, unquote, you're immune. No one knows yet about COVID, whether the immunity is adequate and how long it will last. But there, scientists are studying this now, and I just started doing this type of testing. A home kit should be available soon. Then mm-hmm. if people are, quote, unquote, immune, they could go back to work. They could go back to school. They could open their business. They could be, live without fear of spreading it to someone or contracting it. And then this could roll out and buy us some time before a vaccine becomes available because the best the best is prevention so right. i'm i'm working completely virtually now and people are people are actually happy and i i have home test kits for a lot of the things that i do and i'm mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. hoping to be able to roll out the test kits for covid within the next as soon as the fda approves it i still have my pathway test results uh, yeah. from, from years ago uh, i read them uh, <laughs> mean, i read what it says uh, and then i take some action sometimes okay how doctor how can people uh how can people get in touch with you that want to know more about what you're doing maybe want to get on a list for for test kits or want to just get in your sphere of influence to get some some of the information uh that you've got going on my website is how to live younger Com. And if you want to get on the list for test kits, it's howtolivyounger.com backslash COVID-19, where I give you my survive and thrive guide for COVID and five different emails with all kinds of advice that, to help you get through this crisis. And then I will let people know as soon as these test kits become available because they can, you could do it in the comfort of your home. You prick your finger, you get a blood spot, and you'll know whether or not you're immune. In fact, yesterday I had somebody who was in the active stage of infection, and uh, 
I had to have her isolate from the rest of her family, but just for two weeks. And but she's going to be immune. Hmm. So it's, Mike, the information is oh. helpful for people. It's allaying anxiety. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, Mike Risk, tell everybody, uh, how has this changed? Um, you know, it's funny, you you did a podcast with me um, a while ago, I think it was last year, or maybe a little bit over that. Um, and yep. we were talking about, you know, changing business models and some reinvention. And um, I'm going to pose the same question to you. Is there something potentially that's different about your business right now than prior to COVID-19? Uh, different. Uh, well, you know, I mean, I, I like Dr. Maida, I, I shifted everything online. Uh, and uh, no, I, I think uh, people are really just coming to appreciate the type of service that I deliver. It's a feel-good service, you know, it helps people, it helps them see themselves through a fuller, more generous lens. Uh, I think they're really appreciating it right now. Uh, not that it's a distraction, it's just it kind of helps it, it relativizes the situation. You know, when you can mm. honestly say that, hey, a lot of what's going on is just out of my control, but let me do what I can. It kind of relativizes it. And um, I, I think people are really appreciative of that at the moment. And, um, but I think the other thing is, this is also showing that um, I've, I've, I've been thinking this for a long time, my background in personal training, uh, personal trainers are going to become obsolete. I mean, there are so many services out there right mm. now. And um, if, if, if we think that all we are is a vehicle to a meal plan and a movement routine, uh, we're in for a rude awakening. So I think that right now this is showing us that we have to be more. Mm. Yeah. How can people get in touch with you? Uh, I'm definitely going to have a link to um, to the item that you were talking about that you um, that you spoke about yeah, the, the, meditation. the coronavirus meditation. But how can people get in your sphere of influence? Um, because it seems like a lot of people need you right now. Could could use what you're doing. Yep, it's conditionforlife.com. Uh, condition F O R dot uh, and yeah, all my information's right there. Awesome, Tyrone. Let me circle it around to you. Um, I mean, you just came off of this hit podcast, this human advisor with altruists, and you've launched your your four hundred one k your four hundred one k your four hundred one. I keep <laughs> on the. I, I know that the four hundred one is rooted in track, like the story is rooted in the track track. But uh, <laughs> I want to keep going. I want to say four hundred one k. So I know you've launched that. Uh, how has your business changed or your thoughts about it? You obviously were advising thought startups. You were doing, you were doing a lot. I was so proud to see you doing um, coming into my world with, with the speaking and, and mm -hmm. um, doing a lot of that. Um, obviously, you know, that's all virtual now. Tell, tell me <laughs> what, what changes are you making uh, or have you had to make with your, you know, business since uh, COVID-19? Uh, so, so it's a couple of things. One, so the financial services industry has been ripe for disruption and it has been being disrupted, you know, since the invention of the iPhone 12 years ago. So the coronavirus now is just forcing financial advisors to do what I've been doing for the last three years, which was have a virtual business, um, look at a more um, willing demographic to accept technology um, and build a more tech driven practice. So I was good there. My advisory practice is cool. The podcast is safe for now because we, we, we recorded a whole bunch of episodes. So we have five in the, five in the chamber still. That'll be nice and sunny and people around each other talking and things like that. So right. it'll be good for people to watch on YouTube. 
Um, and then, you know, as far as the actual speaking, which I was starting to pick up a lot for me, obviously I was hurt financially from that. And, you know, a lot of it has gone um, online, but it, it's funny because the thing in, in financial services is people want advice a lot now, but the issue is it's a lot of people who either can't pay you um, or people you mm. have to provide more services to people who are paying you for less. So mm. we're somewhat immune from it, but you still are affected by it. But again, I, I trans, I, I kind of transformed my business years ago, so I'm not really impacted that way. But again, everything is just online using all the tools that I've been using for the last few years, Teams, Zoom, Slack, Loom, um, Google Hangouts. You know, it's just a a more virtual experience now. Um, But but that's essentially it. That's that's really the best way um, any financial advisor, any professional, you know, that is, again, somewhat commodities now, right? Financial advisors, personal trainers, it was mentioned. A lot of us, if you don't demonstrate value and you don't lead with giving, you will never survive this, period. Mm. Now is where you add value. Now is where you give more, right? And that's what I just posted this on my Instagram. Advisors need to move more from being givers to takers because we're taught in this business to take. But if you don't give and give and give and post videos now and really give a lot of the information that you were hoarding only for your clients, you won't make it out and have clients anyway. So if you if you don't you, you meant, you meant go from now, you won't make it up. right you meant go for, I, you said it in reverse but you meant go from being a taker to a giver is what you were yeah saying. taker to a giver okay. yes okay, okay taker gotcha. to a giver absolutely <laughs> you're say uh is, is this Tyrone Gecko on the phone here what time yeah, right. it's on a little, little Wolf Street right there we need to out. become takers yeah so uh <laughs> that's good man how can people get in touch with you um tyroneross.io uh is my website on there. Um, you will find all of my talks and podcasts, um, all of the links to, you know, my social media and my email. So tyroneross.io. Awesome. Awesome. I want to thank all of you, uh, Dr. Lorraine Maida, Michael Risk, Tyrone Ross. I want to thank all three of you for participating today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And if you want tips, tactics, and strategies to continue building your business, you got to join my email list. Head on over to coreymolesley.com and get signed up today. This has been a special edition of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. I want to thank you for listening, and I encourage you to share this with anyone who could need this, who could use this message. Subscribe, review, and I always appreciate your comments. I thank you guys so much, and I will see you next week. Are you still there? I just want to say thank you again for listening to this podcast. Our podcast is distributed to several different sources like iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud, plus, of course, our own website. And it would mean so much to me if you liked the show to leave a review. It, of course, helps to build our popularity, but it also helps us come up in search engines so we can reach as many entrepreneurs as possible. So can I count on you to leave a review? I know I can. Thanks again, and I look forward to sharing with you next week.